0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blackwood Show. The black, the black, the black, blackwood show. Welcome to the Blackwood Show. I am Taylor Blackwood, and this is my show. I thought today I would do an episode for you guys on public speaking. This is something that's been a bit top of mind for me lately. Especially a few weeks back, we had our first national meeting in years. We got every single one of our clinic directors. So everyone who runs one of our medical practices was invited to Las Vegas. And we had this big, awesome meeting, super productive, a lot of great material covered. And we had a bunch of key people from our corporate office speak, uh, including myself. So it's very top of mind for me about public speaking in that setting. Uh, And then it's more reflecting, you know, public speaking is such a key trait for people of many different disciplines. I mean, even you could count, you know, giving speeches to a group of employees or like a a Monday morning organizational meeting, that's public speaking. And being good at it really makes a difference. It's worth slowing down and thinking about even medium and small size meetings uh, in this framework and public speaking and to organize your thoughts and to use some of these tips and tricks. And especially if you're ever in a position to give a proper speech, right? Um, To address a whole room of people, to give a speech to a company or a presentation on your results, uh, to give a pitch to a potential customer, I I would definitely say qualifies. And maybe even beyond. I mean, maybe some of you guys will one day be politicians or who knows what, right? Maybe you'll be giving commencement speeches and all sorts of things. So, you know, I think it's really good to reflect on public speaking, reflect on your own habits and start to learn and develop And it's something I've been reflecting on a lot, again, especially after that national meeting. So without further ado, I want to jump into public speaking. I want to give you some tips and tricks and some ways uh, and good frameworks about how to prepare to speak publicly. So let's begin. Tip number one that I want to discuss is practice. I mean, without a doubt, this is like anything else in life you want to be good at. You got to practice. Uh, In particular, I have some interesting ways for you to practice public speaking, especially for my listeners who are particularly shy uh, or who don't see themselves in an immediate position where they'd have to do big public speaking events. I still think, again, this can be very useful in almost any setting for anyone to be confident as a public speaker. But, you know, I would look for every opportunity you can to practice, uh, even if you don't have a speech coming up soon. Examples of this, I love giving toasts and that's a fun way to, with a group of friends, especially if drinks are involved, you know, give a quick toast, talk about something that's going on, honor someone or something they've done recently in your group. I mean, oftentimes, especially as adults, when your friends are getting together, it's to celebrate something. But even, you know, I would give toasts in college and things like this and it just kind of rallies everyone. It can be unexpected sometime. And if you do a good job, if you put yourself on the spot and come up with some clever things, unite a group, it can really rally people together for a fun night or a great dinner. And it can change change the mood, change the tone of everything. So don't miss an opportunity. Even if you're uncomfortable or you feel like it's a little awkward, give toast, you know, stand up and put yourself uh, out there a little bit, put yourself in a position where you need to come up with something clever to say, where you need to rally everyone and you need to hit a high note, hit a high fun speaking opportunity. And it's low pressure because who cares if you screw up a toast, right? I mean, I guess it, at weddings they might be more consequential and people might remember, but in most cases no one's going to remember that you did something slightly awkward to toast. And you can always just default to the salute. <laughs> Let's have a great night, cheers. You know, so d- don't put too much pressure on yourself, but try and say something profound and try to unite people. This will help you to learn your rooms. This will learn you how to. This will teach you how to develop content on the fly in a very comfortable setting because these are all friends watching you. So I would definitely recommend giving toasts to all of you. I think that's a great opportunity to practice. Beyond that, you know, I like to give mock speeches, uh, especially if I'm going to do something big like this national meeting. I was speaking in front of a room of 70 key people in my uh, company. My most important uh, employees, the leadership of our company. These are people who I have a ton of respect for, who I really wanted to impress, who I wanted to do a great job of speaking to. So it was really important to me. So I made sure to practice my speech uh, with, with loved ones. So mock speeches, especially when you're actually going to speak, are very appropriate. But even if you are not in a position where you're going to give an important speech anytime soon, I think you'll really count any opportunity that you embrace to do a mock speech as really valuable. I mean, it can be even as corny as you're just in the shower uh, imagining a room full of people and presenting fake results about something. I mean, I've, I've literally done that before. Certainly. When I was a kid, I used to embrace uh, doing speeches for, you know, running for class president or anytime that a speech was available at the school, I'd try to embrace it. And even though I was a little uncomfortable, like anyone might be, uh, I really grew to love it and I grew to love the challenge and I got much better at public speaking because of that. Something like this podcast, this has helped me develop my personal skills a lot and it's going to tie into a later uh, tip and trick as well. But I think, you know, do a podcast, who knows, right? Yeah. Some format like this might be the way that you develop your skills, learn how to speak on the fly and learn how to develop that skill and that candor. And especially it's a great opportunity to hear yourself, right? To hear the mistakes you make, to hear your ticks, and to work on those, to try to, change your cadence to try to improve on your ability to speak publicly and to, and to deliver thoughtful and meaningful messages uh format like a podcast can make a lot of sense this has certainly helped me a lot especially with slowing down and organizing my thoughts more and i've done a good job of eliminating ticks for my die hard listeners who have been listening to all you know close to 40 episodes of these Podcast I've put out. I used to speak a whole lot faster. I used to go on a lot more tangents and I used to have some nervous tics like, um, and even in public speaking, I do this for some reason. I'll say, you know what I mean? It's almost like a, at the end of a thought, I'll be like, you know what I mean? And that's like a, a way of like almost confirming to the audience, I guess, were you listening or do you agree? But it, it's a weird idiosync- idiosyncrasy idiosyncratic uh, tick that I had where I would just say it almost compulsively. And, it, and what I realized is that it's a nervous tick. And I've really cut that out of my podcast and largely from my speaking now. Um, oh, another great way to practice. You can mimic some greats. And this ties into another piece of advice I have to listen to the greats, you know, to watch great speeches throughout history. You might try to re-deliver some of those speeches with your own twist. You know, listen to Martin Luther King, listen to I don't know, famous politicians, listen to great athletes giving speeches in the locker room before a game, things like that, and try to hype yourself up, put yourself in that position and just mimic one of those speeches and put your own twist on it, have some fun with it. But just imagine that you're speaking to that group in that situation and and try it, practice it. Those are great ways to learn and to practice. One person, this is kind of corny, but one person I really like watching speak, who I think is really great at it, is in this TV show called Vikings, which is a great show, by the way. If you liked like Game of Thrones, I would definitely recommend Vikings. It's about Vikings. And the main character in the early seasons is the uh, to be king, spoiler alert, (laughs) Ragnar Lothbrok. And he has this way of speaking that was so engaging. He would always be on the move in the room. And he would almost like stare into individual participants' eyes and like lock eyes and the entire room was watching him almost have this intimate moment with this one person, even though he's speaking to a crowd of a hundred. It was a really interesting speaking style, but it was very engaging and it really drew people in. I felt like it was something that I thought was a really cool speech habit. But anyways, even like television shows, you might see someone deliver a great speech or a rousing, you know, rally to the troops or something like this. And just put yourself in that position in your mind's eye and maybe even act it out, maybe even speak that speech yourself and, and, uh, see how it goes. Right. So mimic the greats is another way that I think is worth practicing. Now, when it comes to practice for a specific speech, I would caution you all don't go too far into practicing every word scripts and speak in public speaking in general should not sound scripted. I think that's one of the worst things is, you know, we've all lived through that boring teacher in high school or something that just sounds like a A robot. Like all they did was just read the script. God forbid they have pages of notes in front of them that they pull out and you're like, Oh, here we go. They're just going to read directly from this eight page double spaced printout. And they're almost falling along with like their fingers. You just see your crowd's eyes rolling in the back of their head. So try to improvise a little bit. You need to obviously have a great command of the subject matter you're speaking about, which hopefully you do anyways, you're invited to speak publicly about it and you should have a framework of what you're going to say and maybe even notes on that if it helps you, but, but you need to be comfortable with going off script. You need to develop that skill. And that's why things like toasts and mock speeches and things like this and improv improvisation are so important. This podcast, for instance, I do one shot straight through. I don't edit these at all. It's a stream of consciousness. It's meant to be, but also, uh, you know, it's, it's, it puts pressure on me to really perform and to come up with things to say and to be organized. And that's really developed my skills with speaking because I have to be able to think on the fly. If I ever start to go flat, I have to come up with the next thing I'm going to say. Same is true in speeches. You don't want to over-prepare. You definitely don't want to sound robotic, but you want to be prepared enough. You need to understand your Uh, your subject matter, you need to have a mastery of it, which again, hopefully you do if you're invited to speak about it, but you need to have a mastery of the subject matter and you need to be able to improvise about it. And you should, is is my message here is that it should not sound scripted. It should not sound robotic. So don't practice too much. If you practice too much, it can make you nervous, especially if you're trying to do something word for word and you miss a word, it can screw up the whole thing. So don't have a crutch that you fall back on like, oh, I'm going to just read this verbatim and all of a sudden I'm going to nail this speech. No, it doesn't work that way. So be be very careful about practicing too much and practicing too little. It's the old childhood adage, right? <laughs> just right. But anyways, number one is practice. So embrace that, you know, practice with your friends, start giving toasts whenever you're hanging out with your friends, things like this. That's something I'm kind of known for in my friend groups definitely, definitely practice, 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 and and definitely practice your specific speeches. But again, not too much. That's a piece of advice. Number one piece of advice. Number two is to record yourself. This is especially important when you're giving big public speeches and warning, this can be really cringe worthy to watch, but look at like an athlete An athletes trying to be really good at basketball. Well, they don't, they don't just practice all day, every day. They don't just get on the court and scrimmage. They don't just run through the drills and things like this. They watch a lot of tape. In fact, athletes will probably tell you they spend more time watching tape than practicing actual mechanics of the sports they play or exercising and preparing and things like this. And there's good reason when you watch yourself do something, it's invaluable because that's where you really start to learn your weaknesses, your strengths, what works, what doesn't. It gives you perspective that you aren't going to have and you won't ever be able to internalize real time. So you must record yourself. Even if it's uncomfortable, record yourself. Start maybe with like the toast, for example. If you're given those, quietly ask your best friend to, to record it for their Instagram and maybe not post it if you're nervous about it or embarrassed. Have them just send it to you but record yourself. I, re, I had snippets. I wish I'd asked someone to record uh, me when I was giving the speech in the national meeting. I wanted the whole thing recorded. And I'm definitely going to set up a camera for the whole meeting next time and be able to give this to everyone. But recording yourself is so key, even if it's just the audio. And even if it's just when you're practicing, that's a big piece. But I think it's so much better when you get video and you can watch yourself and the way that you move or not. And you'll really learn, Even even subconsciously, you'll learn how to do better in the future. You'll absorb the mistakes you made almost subconsciously. And you'll start to develop and work on those, whether you meant to or not. And certainly deliberately, you'll see some of your mistakes. A couple of things that I noticed from the video that I would not have picked up on uh, that I messed up with my national meeting and messed up maybe a little bit strong, but because um, I thought it was a good speech overall, to be honest, you got to reward yourself too. Don't be too harsh on yourself. You'll have other people to be critics. So make sure to pat yourself on the back a little bit. It's a big accomplishment just to speak in general. And, and I'm a, get a little off subject for a quick second. I want to talk about that. You should definitely reward yourself and you should be proud that you stood up and spoke in front of people. I personally really enjoy it. um, But nonetheless, I think it's one of those things that does take guts. It's something that a lot of people don't enjoy and you should reward yourself anytime that you do it. You should celebrate your accomplishment of getting up in front of a room of people and delivering a cohesive speech, let alone a great rousing one. If you got applause, celebrate that. Listen, sometimes speeches go way off the rails. I've been in comedian acts that just people are getting booed off the stage, you know, things like this, big names too. People screw up who do this for a living. So be proud of yourself if you gave up a great toast, if you gave a great speech, if you did something brilliant at work, if you made a great pitch, a great sales pitch. You know, reward yourself and be proud of that. That's that's a big accomplishment. So that's a little side note, but definitely record yourself, getting back to that subject. Make sure you have video. One thing I learned in the national meeting, that's what I was speaking about. I was speaking about my mistake in the national meeting is that I said, you know what I mean a lot. And it was like that affirmation. Like I said, it's almost like a nervous tick where I'd make a point. I'd say, boy, you know, marketing. We're going to give this, uh, we're going to really improve the strategy. We're going to increase the budget three times. That's going to do brilliant things for the practice. You know what I mean? And then I would move on to my next point quickly like that. And there's an annoying tick. I realized I was even doing it on the phone when I was speaking with people in business settings. There's something that subconsciously worked its way in that I've been trying to kick out ever since, but I wouldn't have found that if I didn't record myself. Uh, I definitely was moving around plenty when I was speaking and I really avoided ums for the most part some ums are okay i mean there's gonna be a little bit i've noticed i did it a couple times in this podcast already but you don't want to be doing it every five seconds that's the sign of an immature undeveloped speaker so i've really been good about getting rid of the ums but another thing is that my cadence was a little bit too fast and i've always been a fast talker i always have a bunch of points my mind's running a million miles per hour and i want to spit it all out i want to get it all out there I'm really trying to learn how to calm down, have more pauses, and incorporate that into my public speaking. There's almost nothing better than a proper pause and a change in intonation. When you watch the best speakers, they are always changing their voice. They're very enthusiastic. Someone who drones along for the entire speech and has the same tone and never gets excited even when they talk about a huge accomplishment is so much more boring than someone who's talking about that huge number. You guys hit this. You did that. You helped those patients. When you talk to someone that way, and then you calm down and you're speaking to them more softly, look at how much more engaging that dynamic shift was in speaking compared to that monotone little bit I did for a moment ago. Practice the same thing with your own speaking. It is absolutely true. And you need to get your mind right before you go to speak before a group. You have to make sure that you're enthusiastic. You have to take care of yourself the, the time before. That's tip number three is make sure you get a good night's sleep. Don't drink too much if you're a drinker the night before. Make sure you don't get too wired. Have the right amount of coffee because, again, if you get too hyped up, you might start speaking too fast. Don't do anything off the wall like take an Adderall, like I've heard some people do and things like this that you don't normally do. You should be in your own normal state of mind, and it should be free of any drugs or encumbrances and things like that. It ought to be obvious enough, but exercise the day from the morning before if that helps you get your mind right. Meditate. Do whatever gets you prepared to deliver the best speech possible don't be shy about self-care when you're doing something stressful like speaking publicly especially if it's an important speech and don't forget to turn off your phone (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) that's an important piece right no but uh self-love that that's number three is prepare yourself mentally not don't just practice the speech practice your own self-care because your ability to deliver that what you practice is almost more important than the practice itself Next tip, know your audience, okay? You want to flatter your audience. You want to make the subject matter of what you're speaking about about them. Don't get into a mode where you're lecturing people about boring things they don't want to hear about. Think about how to make your points relatable to your audience. Maybe even engage someone in the crowd. I did that in my national meeting. I was bragging on this one clinic director who saved someone's life recently because his nurse saw this, it's called a deep vein thrombosis, but basically they had a swollen arm after a pick line, which is like a an IV catheter that goes directly into your heart for people who are decently sick. And this pick line had gotten infected And the patient didn't know it. He called his primary care We put in the pick and they said, Oh, don't worry about that happens sometimes. But it turned out that they had essentially a blood clot in their arm that if it had moved, it could have given them a stroke. They could have died very, very dangerous. So we said, or, you know, my, my clinician saved this patient's life because the nurse noticed it. And I I gauged him in this speech. I went over the microphone with him. I went back and forth and had him tell the story and I didn't prepare him too much. I went to him before and said, Hey, is it all right with you? If I engage you in my speech, but I didn't tell him what it was going to be about and things like this because I wanted a very genuine connection with them. I wanted a genuine interaction. You want to make sure if you do engage the audience that way that you moderate it though. You don't want to invite the audience to talk too much. That's a rookie move because you can't control what they're going to do. So don't invite the audience to talk because they might yell out something you don't like and they might make you talk about something that you shouldn't have. and If you go off script, you might start to embarrass yourself. might go on a tangent that isn't applicable and it can really go off the rails quickly when you're speaking. So be careful about that for sure. But know your audience, know who you're speaking to, what you're speaking about and why, and make sure that uh, you tailor that message to them. Make sure you flatter them, make sure you engage them. Next tip is to know the room. And I mean this literally, so know your audience, know the people you're speaking to and their perspective, and then know the actual format of where you're going to speak. If you can go check it out ahead of time, especially if it's a public speech, you know, find out where's the podium. Am I going to be holding a microphone or the one that clips onto my lapel, right? Is someone going to hand me that microphone and I need to be set up ahead of time? How much room do I have to walk around? Can I even move around? And how much can I gesture? Should I walk up these aisles or would people have to turn around to watch me? What's my range of movement that I want to cover? What's my safe zone for moving around? And that's a big piece too. I would definitely say to move while you talk. And that's actually my next tip I was going to give you guys is don't stand still. The worst thing ever is someone who's just standing still at a podium. And especially if they're not gesturing, oh, Good Lord. That's the most boring thing on planet earth to watch. You ever see someone It just reminds me of like my high school principal standing at the front of that podium, just lecturing with his hands on either side of the podium. It's just painful, right? No one wants to hear that. No one wants to see that. So make sure you move around while you speak, be engaging, get people fired up that you're talking to them. So move while you're talking, know the room, those are very important things. Knowing the room also makes you more comfortable when you actually start to speak. It feels like a more familiar territory that way. It doesn't feel like you're caught flat-footed about where you are and what the format is. Let's see, what's next? Okay, when possible, have backup slides. You gotta be careful though, a rookie move that people do when they're doing public speaking, especially like in that national meeting setting that I had, would be to put too much information on the slides. So don't forget these people are there to hear you speak not to read your speech behind your shoulder so you want that to be more visual maybe a couple bullet points about what you're saying and it should be kind of there to keep you on track but really mostly you want to use that as a chance to do something funny and engaging to show something visual to the crowd that you can then embellish with words it can really drive your point home give them a visual of the product you're talking about or the graph of of the numbers that you're celebrating. Things like this can back up what you're saying, but they shouldn't be the substitution. They shouldn't be the focal point of attention. You should be the focal point of attention when you speak. So make sure that your slides are not your whole speech verbatim up there. Make sure that they're just bullet points and highlights of what you want your audience to know. You know, I would say, too, in most situations when you're public speaking, it pays to be funny. That's a great way to get people's guards down. It's a great way to engage the audience. It's a great way to break the tension and to make it feel like it's not too monotonous, especially if you're one of many speakers, like in that national meeting type of situation. You really need humor to break things up or else it can get very dry and boring. So think about what's happening before and after you, and definitely make sure to appropriately space and, and hit some funny jokes that are relevant, that are appropriate and aren't gonna offend anyone. You don't wanna to go too far with that, but a couple of funny jokes will definitely help you out and keep the audience engaged in most business settings. And sometimes speeches are meant to be hilarious, like at a wedding and things like this. So don't forget to be heartfelt and and funny and to balance those things in most speeches. And that definitely applies to business. Don't avoid being funny. I think that's a huge mistake that public speakers make, especially in business settings. Another thing, don't spell out everything. Your audience is smarter than they think. You don't need to tell them the same thing three times and you don't need to fill in every single blank, you know, leave some things open. Part of a good speech is to engage the people that are listening to it and for them to go and develop it for them to make that speech their own. Right. Think about one of the most iconic speeches of all the time, I Have a Dream. I really should have listened to that. I'd listen to it periodically, like once a year or something like that. Uh, But Martin Luther King gave the I Have a Dream speech and it's largely, largely regarded one of the most iconic and most engaging speeches of all time with brilliant delivery. He was an unbelievable speaker. So that's a great person to go watch speak. So YouTube, you know, the Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. You notice that he would give it some guidelines when he spoke, but he was almost painting a picture that you could put yourself into. You could apply what it meant to you to have a dream about the future. And it's applicable to all sorts of different things beyond just his core message because he left it a little bit open-ended. He didn't spell out every single thing he wanted the audience to know and to engage he didn't list every single grievance in order or something like this that the that the civil rights movement was trying to accomplish he engaged people with a with a metaphor and let them assign their own meaning to that metaphor he gave them guardrails and developed those over time but the whole thing started with i have a dream right and that that open endedness that he painted a picture, but he didn't necessarily paint every single detail in it is one of the most brilliant parts of that speech, in my opinion. And you should definitely do that when you speak, you should allow your audience to fill in blanks. You should make them feel clever for figuring things out. And if you give them a challenge, it might be good not to fill in the blank of the answer in certain cases, counterintuitively. You know, you, you want to know strategically what you want to teach them and what data you want to give and things like this, but you also want them to go and think you want them to develop. And especially in a business setting, we talk about like a setting, like a national meeting like that part of what you want them to do is to go brainstorm on these things and to bring great ideas back to you. As part of a great functioning company is when your best ideas are coming from the people who are on the front lines of this day in and day out, you need to engage and listen to them in general as a side note, but certainly in speeches, that's a time for them to kind of reflect and maybe to bring some good advice back to you. Don't assume that you have everything to teach them. Maybe they have things to teach you and them getting to fill in those blanks, not only keeps them more engaged, but might bring better information to the surface so don't spell everything out you know leave some things open-ended and let your audience fill in the blanks final thing slow down pauses are not bad in speeches if you want a good example of this go look at uh steve jobs when he would speak and he'd engage the audience in questions and look at some, there's this one question in particular this audience member was giving him uh just berating one of his products. And when you search for Steve Jobs questioned by audience or like Steve Jobs owns audience member who tried to insult him something like that, it'll pop right up. And he uses this almost awkwardly long speak uh pause before he starts speaking. So the very first thing he does is just silence. And it's almost deafening silence, y'all. It's this prolonged pause. Then he starts to speak very thoughtfully. Another person I point to that does this watch the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk when he's interviewing him before Elon Musk ever answers a question, he pauses and it's a long pause. It's probably about three times as long as that pause I just gave y'all. And he sits there and he thinks about it. He organizes how he's going to respond and then he responds. And you realize this is a very thoughtful person. And you realize that's, a, that's an abnormally long pause, but it flows. It works. It's not necessarily making me feel awkward that someone paused. So make sure to slow down. Most noob speakers that I hear speak way too fast. Now, it works for some people. Like Gary Vee speaks very fast in all of his speeches, but it, it kind of works in his style. I think I speak kind of fast and generally it works. I I benefit some from slowing down, but I think that uh, uh, there's some people that just works in their style to, to speak quickly. But even so you want some pauses in there. It's more powerful when they slow down. And again, that goes to like the dynamic comments I had earlier about being a dynamic speaker instead of a monotone speaker that can be the same thing with speaking too quickly. So slow your pace down, allow some pauses to come in there do a little extra thinking and especially if something unexpected happens an audience member throws a question someone yells something out prepare ahead of time by the way cuz something like that's going to happen to you at some point if you give enough speeches but slow down when those things happen think about them engage use that silence as, as your partner make the other person feel a little awkward don't forget you're in control and one way of of driving home that you're in control is a properly spaced pause. Can't be too long. You know, if you sit there silently for 20 seconds, everyone's going to wonder what the hell's going on. Did you just have a brain fart? Did you lock up? That's some people's worst fear when they're speaking. So they speak too fast to overcompensate for that. They don't want people to think they don't know what to say next. And I'm not too nervous to speak to you guys. Don't worry. But really they come off as more nervous because of that. So don't be scared to slow down and to think a little bit and buy yourself some time and to use those pauses as your allies. It's really big when you're speaking. A couple of little miscellaneous tips and tricks I want to give you. Uh, look for those ticks. You know, everyone has them. Like I said, I, until I recorded myself, I didn't really realize how bad it was getting that I was going, you know what I mean? And I was saying that all the time on the phone. I've caught myself doing it afterwards. I'm kind of embarrassed by it to tell you the truth, but that's how you grow. You know, so don't don't be shy uh, to learn about your ticks and to try to knock them out methodically wouldn't you rather know about them today and get rid of them tomorrow instead of them going on for another decade of your life. So figure out what your ticks are. Trust me, you have them. So listen to yourself and learn what they are and eliminate them. Let's see the next tip I would give you. Oh yeah. In terms of the room, one thing I learned early on, especially when you're a novice speaker is you need to give yourself some outs. This kind of goes into visualizing the room, visualizing the speech. You need to kind of know what your audience is going to be doing when you're speaking. Um, This is, I think this is actually pretty good advice, especially for my novice speakers who are nervous about public speaking, like a lot of you probably are. First of all, don't be embarrassed. Second of all, use some of these tips I'm about to give you to your advantage. I wish I had known them sooner. And this happens to veteran speakers, by the way. Maybe someone says something and blurts something out, throws you off. Maybe you lose your train of thought. Maybe you just feel like the speech is going sideways and you start to really get nervous and you're doing your not best performance at that moment. Use some of these tips to get back online. First one is to visualize ahead of time what your audience is going to be doing. Spoiler alert, people aren't going to be sitting there furiously writing down notes, smiling at you giving you thumbs ups, you know, that doesn't happen when you're speaking. All right. Most of the time you're just getting this blank look from people. And if you go into it, expecting everyone's going to give me rousing applause and everyone's gonna be so engaged. and I'm gonna say these very impactful things. And I'm gonna be like Martin Luther King, like Taylor told me to be and like, it's probably not going to work out that way with your first speeches. Right. So expect the audience to be sitting there with a deadpan look, looking up at you with these eyes, like, Oh, what is this person talking about? Right. So prepare yourself. They're not going to be clapping every time that you want them to. They're not going to be smiling when you make eye contact with them. Visualize what that room's going to look like, what the participants look like, and do it in detail. Where are they going to sit? What might they be dressed like? What's it, What are they going to look like when they have that blank look on their face looking at you and staring at staring into your soul, seemingly? <laughs> but take your time and, and visualize ahead of time that, because that'll help you to feel a little bit more assured when you come in, and that's the response you get until you engage the crowd, they're gonna be sitting there pretty monotone. Uh, Another piece I would give you is don't make eye contact if you start to get nervous. And you also don't wanna be looking at the ceiling or your feet, obviously, that'd be an absolute catastrophe. So before you ever speak, when you first get a chance to scope out the room, if you don't get a chance to scope out the room, do it when you first stand up and talk to everyone, pick two points that are in the corners of the room and the center of the room, just above the horizon, just above the last row's head, okay? This is really important to do, I think. You want those three focal points to be shift points that you can always go back to if you start to feel if you start to feel awkward. So you want to be able to look to the left. Then you want to be able to talk to the center, then you want to be able to look to the right. And this is a really, really key thing to have in your pocket in case you start to get nervous. If you start to lock eyes with people when you're nervous, you'll really shut down. So pick your corners, stare into those whenever you start to get nervous and maybe even begin your speech that way. This is really cool because it seems like you're talking in an inanimate object at that moment instead of to people who are judging you. So it gets your attention off. What do these people think of me subconsciously when you look at those corners? But to your audience, it looks like you're making eye contact with the last row. Everyone thinks there's someone behind them. Everyone thinks that's who you're looking at if you appear to be looking over their head. Same way, if you're ever nervous in a meeting or nervous on a date or something, you can look at someone's forehead and it feels like you're making eye contact. And as long as you don't go all the way up to the hairline, like if you look like almost in between their eyebrows or or so, then you're not really making that intimidating eye contact with them, but instead it looks like you're making eye contact and you can kind of calm yourself down. So that's a really good tip and trick I think for when you're speaking. And again, the final tri- the final tip I want to leave you guys with is to watch the greats. Pay attention to movies, you know, when Leonidas from from 300 gives his speeches. Pay attention to his tips and tricks. Don't try to mimic anyone's style, but try to adopt from the greats. I mean, Lots of people go and adopt Michael Jordan style. Uh, into their basketball game. And they don't look, ju- no one looks just like MJ, but a lot of people have commonalities with them or one thing they do, like having your hand on the defender as you drive to the right and kind of pushing them slightly as you shift back to the left, right? That's something that he was like known for, fadeaways and things like this. You, you can incorporate some of what the greats do in your game and you can you can make it your own and you can be even better. So watch the greats. You know, don't don't waste that invaluable resource we have on YouTube to watch these great speeches. I mean, you can look up Martin Luther King You can watch President of the United States speak. You can watch Vladimir Putin speak if you want someone more intimidating with maybe nefarious plans, right? You can watch uh, all sorts of politicians. You can watch business leaders. You can watch, you know, deceased business greats like Steve Jobs stand up and give a speech. You can watch people who suffer from like different uh, disabilities and things speak with TED Talks and things like this. Now, Elon Musk recently came out and said that he has Asperger's, I believe, like or a form of autism. I, mean, I think it was Asperger's he said he had on Saturday Night Live, but look at how he puts himself in that... I mean, for someone with that condition and impossibly uncomfortable position and makes himself power through it and speak and realize that no matter what your impediment is, whether you're just nervous or whether you have something more more challenging to deal with, you can overcome it. You can be a great speaker like him. You can be a great speaker like those other greats who overcome those odds and deliver rousing speeches. You just need to do it authentically and you need to watch them. You need to pick up some of what the greats do. You need to adopt it in and make it your own, make it your own style and steal from them great artists do that for sure they go and look at a bunch of art and they may subconsciously get impacted by it so watch the great speakers watch people with a lot of charisma um, and and watch and adopt some of those styles I think that's really valuable and spend some time on YouTube after you listen to this podcast and pay attention to some of those speeches first of all you'll learn some great stuff some of those speeches are really engaging and fun to watch um, but also I think that you'll pick up some great tips and tricks. One thing that you can do too is you can uh, Google top 10 speeches of all time or greatest speeches of all time and you'll get countless lists and you start to watch some videos off that, just YouTube it or sometimes they have the video embedded right there for you to watch or listen to. And I love watching the greats. I think that's really good advice to become a better speaker. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach me on The Blackwood Show on Instagram. I really appreciate all your support. Don't forget to drop a like and subscribe if you haven't already to the channel. Maybe share this with a friend that you think needs a little help with public speaking. (laughs) If someone's been given toast and they suck, send this their way. (laughs) But uh, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, So don't forget The Blackwood Show at Instagram. And thanks for listening. I'll talk to you all soon.